Welcome to Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 302. I'm your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com, and we're excited to have with us the internationally acclaimed and celebrated creator behind Obsec, the comic series, and the long pro story, The Long Game, Nem. Nem hey, what's doing? going on, everybody? Hey, I am doing great. Uh, I am so happy to be back here with you again. It's been a while since we talked, but uh, I'm glad that you uh, were welcoming me back to the show again. And I can't wait to talk about everything that's happened, um, you know, since we last talked and what's going on. And I've got lots of stuff in the fire. So excited to talk about comics and writing in general and everything. So Nem, so so, so Nem is, is a name you go by, but you also actually go by dw howard as your kind of like your your prose name as well yeah yeah um yeah nem is kind of just my nickname online uh it grew out of um long story short when i first joined twitter uh i joined twitter to talk about soccer and i had played on a soccer team a long time ago called nemesis fc and uh i was there and then people started shortening it they called me nemesis and then it went to nem and that's just how people started knowing me. And then pretty soon people in business emails started calling me Nem. You know, so I'm on business emails talking to artists and stuff. They're like, hey Nem, I got a question, or hey Nem, this that. So it's just like, you know, I, I should probably just sign everything Nem now, but you know, on my comics and everything, it's it's DW Howard, you know, so it and 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 everything. But uh, as a general rule, um, the people that know me, if you you know, I'll say, you know, people will say, Oh, you know, Dave Howard, like who? Like Nem, like oh yeah, Nem. Nem. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'm expecting my wife to come back here and call me Nem at some point, you know, and then they'll be good. Talk to us a little bit about also for those that are, are unfamiliar with Obsec, what the background is a bit, and then what people now you have issue two is out, and now you are almost coming out with issue number three. Yeah, we just had the cover reveal for three, um, and you know, it it sounds slow. You know, for because I get this question a lot. People are like, well, last year you had one out and two was about to come out. And now, you know, it's a year later and two is out and now three is about to come out. But it's like ASAP Imagination, our world is this huge growing thing, you know, and I think you've talked to Hades uh, before. And and so we're, you know, we're building the world out bit by bit and, and we're a growing company, you know, so it's like I got to wait my turn in line. Uh, but yeah, I've got, I've got these different story arcs, uh, that we have planned and Mateo and I have, have worked together and I've already got four written. I've actually written the first 13 issues, like an outline of what I want to happen in the first 13 issues, which is one arc, uh, split up into three mini arcs and then a final issue to tie it up. But, um, OPSEC is the best way I describe it to people is think X-Files meets the Bureau of Paranormal Research and Defense from Hellboy. And you got a pretty good idea of what's going on with OPSEC. They are the government agency in the ASAP Imagination Our World universe that is taxed with policing, um, documenting, and when necessary, eliminating uh, power threats, paranormal threats, um, that type of thing, and, and documenting and taking care of the anomalous. And uh, so, but they're a big government agency and with all big government agencies, you're never really sure who is calling the shots and what the real agenda is, you know, and we're going to be exploring a lot of that. Um, so yeah, OPSEC one came out um, 
a little bit before we talked last year, and we introduced uh, this, the town of Rhineshard, and, and there was a mystery going on there. And the very first thing we see is another OPSEC team, uh, not the one that's on the cover, but a different one, getting wiped out. They get uh, killed by um, a monster. Hmm. And uh, so our two main agents, Indra Jafari and Nigel Hammersmith, get tasked to go out there and discover what is going on because the distress beacon went off when these agents didn't report in after a certain amount of time. And added to the team were these two uh, powered individuals, uh, which the OPSEC agents don't take very well, who are their backup, which are they're on the cover of issue number two, which is Barbara King and uh, Maisie, who is a demonic doll and her sidekick. Uh, and uh, the Maisie is a snarky demonic doll who loves to fight and loves to be snarky and, and trash talk and everything else. And uh, she's just a, a pleasure to, to write. Uh, I love seeing her drawn, and people have, have fallen in love with her. I mean, the, she has become uh, probably the favorite character out of the whole series for everybody. Uh, but Barbara, uh, she is the Maisie's quote-unquote owner, and Barbara's uh, special ability is she can bring toys to life, and they become murderous when she brings them to life. So, uh, yeah, they attack people and stuff. And so she has the ability to telepathically bring toys to life and do things, and they take her orders and everything. And so they're investigating this mystery of uh, what there is some sort of artifact or power or person out there who is altering the world and bringing their version, their nightmare version of reality to life. And so, um, yeah, so they are trying to figure out what is behind this and investigating. And so uh, one and two have come out, the cover for three, uh, introduces another character, and we get uh, just a little tease on issue three. We're going to get some more information on the history behind Reinshard and why, uh, who might be behind all of this, and what their motivations are. And uh, it has a lot to do with the the government agency itself and the way it operated. And um, I will leave it at that because I don't want to Tom Hall of it and give too much away. So, is this a superhero comic or a supernatural comic both okay both um so it is definitely a supernatural comic i'd say it was it's horror adjacent i mean mm. the purpose is not to be horror but there are a lot of can be scary things in it um i can tell I, I think i've talked about this before but the next arc will be an investigation into a powered serial killer in the underground of london um but uh, it's taking place within the greater our world storyline, which has superheroes and powered individuals and everything. And so the this agency and these agents are living in this world after the event, which is the main, uh, you know, nexus point for the our world storyline, where everything just went uh, topsy turvy in, in our world. And so now OPSEC has gotten even more important because there are all sorts of people out there who are touched by the event. There's all sorts of weird natural uh, or unnatural phenomenon and they're tasked with going to get them. So, for instance, um, as an example, this is not necessarily what's happening in the second arc, but you could have had somebody who during the event shot somebody with a, a, a gun to protect, you know, or shot a, a one of these uh, creatures with a gun and the in self-defense and one of, and that act of self-defense. And the shedding of blood in this this heightened scenario may have created like a haunted gun now that is like a pathway to hell or something, you know. So, and then who 
who gets called in, uh, but OPSEC, you know, because they're the ones that operate behind the scenes to get all the stuff taken care of. And that's where that BPRD slash X-Files factor comes in. And, and so, and so that's a good point too. Is like when it comes to how do you how do you make that distinction between a superhero comic and a supernatural comic, and and what's the as a Venn diagrams go? What are the things that both of those genres have in common? Well, I think both of them have powers that are outside the natural realm. You know, um, to me, and and this is just you know my opinion on the subject, but a superhero comic is really about people with powers, either villains or heroes who are, you know, acting out of whatever their motivations are. So superheroes are often about preserving justice or society or stopping the villain. And villains are about uh, greed or world domination or power and things like that. And so even though there's powers involved, um, the powers kind of take a backseat to the very human um, aspects of these, these people who are central, the heroes and the villains. Versus supernatural, um, those things are often, uh, you know, powers unto themselves that have to be contained. You know, a horror comic um, has the monster or the ghost or the demons or whatever. And um, sometimes we know their motivations and sometimes it's just not important. They're just a threat that needs to be contained. But it's it's all about the um, the way that the, the characters, the main protagonists interact with that. And the antagonists a lot of times are much more primal in um, their ability to cause fear, um, their ability to bring these powers to bear on people. I mean, yes, Joker or Lex Luthor or Brainiac have great powers and they will kill people. But I would venture to say, uh, even with the Joker, that I'd be more afraid of Mephistopheles coming up from the pit and trying to devour my soul. You know, so... <laughs> What is it that actually uh, kind of draws you to that genre? Because you you mentioned at the top of the hour that you 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 kind of lean towards um, the the horror genre. I've always been a horror fan, um, mm. and I've always been a comic book fan and a superhero fan as well. I mean, I and I've come to find out that most horror writers are like this, and that we were introduced to horror movies way too young. Uh, so. <laughs> Uh, I, I watched my first horror movie, which was The Exorcist, when I was seven. Oh, wow. So, on TV. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, and I read Edgar, started reading Edgar Allan Poe about that time as well. And then I got into reading H.P. Uh, Lovecraft and Creepshow, uh, the comics. So, I mean, at the same time I'm reading Superman and Flash, I'm all the, also that weird kid who's reading Ripley's Believe It or Not. And Tales from the Crypt and Creep Show, and then later on Hellblazer and Spawn and uh, Swamp Thing and Blue Devil. You know, the list goes on and on of all the different horror comics. And it was just drawn to that. I, I, I really like telling those kinds of stories. And I like telling stories and writing stories about things that scared me. Mm. Uh, for instance, um, one of my main characters in Object, like I said, is Basie, who's a demonic doll. I've told the story numerous times. Evil dolls and evil children scare the living but Jesus out of me, you know? So it's like, uh, I love putting them in there, you know? Or I love talking about things that fascinate me. Uh, so um, talking about the occult or demonic possession, stuff like that, and then doing my research about that kind of stuff to bring it into my stories is always really interesting to me. And right. so I do that. Not that I don't like, you know, cape and cowl type stuff, because I absolutely do. You know, right. I absolutely do. But... You know, my I, I tend to to 
fall on the other side of my preference. You know, I mean, even to this day, the stuff that I love to read, I read all of it, but I love to read Elvira or Betty Page from Dynamite, which is also supernatural or uh, Vampirella or, uh, you know, some of the Xenoscope horror comics that they've got coming out. They've got lots of uh, different special horror comics, you know, quarterlies and things like that. Creepshow just started up again. They're doing, they're releasing Creepshow again, you know, so I just oh, love nice. that kind of stuff. Some people write horror to like create some level of um, like a, a reflection on society or a reflection of morality tales, or do you see it as a source of say like therapy for either the, the writer or for the, for the reader? Um, I think it's kind of both, at least in my case, you know, I mean, I, I like to write about stuff that scares me and um, I, I will be honest with you. A lot of the times, a lot of the stories that I come up with for my horror short stories or horror novels are things that I had nightmares about. Mm. So I'll have a nightmare and wake up in the middle of the night and write it down. Um, I had one the other night that was great. It was horrifying, but it was great. You know, so I got up in the middle of the night and my wife looked at me and she's like, write it down. I was like, I'm writing, I'm writing. So, uh, you know, and uh, yeah, you know, and that, that's been that way for decades. Um, and then I think the other part of it is, yeah, I mean, um, the long game, the genesis for that idea was 20 years ago or 25 years ago when I was sitting there watching the news of all things. And, you know, as typical on the news, people were yelling at each other, you know, <laughs> and uh, and I sat there and, and it occurred to me, it's like, you know, if the devil wanted to want to destroy us, how would he get us to do it? And he'd get us to destroy ourselves. And so that was, you know, that's that that observation is what led me into uh generating the story for the book so 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 remind our audience about that what the long game is about sure um the long game i, I always warn people that um when you're reading the long game the 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 setting for the book the first scene is not what the book is about you know um but uh our main character is called to the scene of a double murder uh, in front of a women's health clinic, an abortion clinic in New York City. And what has happened is that a young girl uh, in high school was going to uh, get a procedure. And as she was walking through the crowd, another young woman who was in college comes up, shoots her in the head, and then is pummeled and beaten to death by the rampaging riot that goes from after that. And... Um, and it seems straightforward on it on its face right there. You know, normally you would say, OK, well, it's pretty simple. You know, somebody who's a fanatic shot somebody else and then the mob took vengeance on them. End of story. Uh, but these detectives start pulling the threads on what's going on behind and they find that there is a plot decades in the making. In fact, a demonic plot involving a lot of moving pieces to set plans in motion. And this thing has been going on for decades. And that's why it's called the long game. Um, and this all, this whole idea of plots within plots and being able to see the future, not through uh, supernatural means, but through um, being hyper intelligent, kind of what we were talking about before, um, grew out of conversations I had with a friend of mine who happens to be a Roman Catholic exorcist, a priest. Oh, cool. And um, we were talking and the Roman Catholic perspective on demons, you know, demons like to 
according to the Catholics, you know, you can take that or leave, you know, leave it as you wish. But Catholics, you know, demons say that demons like to claim precognition all the time. And the Catholic view is, is that they don't have any power. It's just that they're very, very intelligent. And so they could see everything that's going to happen and predict it 20, 30, 40 years down the road. And I played with that idea in this book, which is another reason why it's called the long game. So. And so you, you mentioned to be at the beginning of the thing, you have some projects that you're, that you you're working on right now. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Um, so offset number three is written and being drawn. Uh, like I said, we just had the cover reveal for that. Um, I don't know if it's up on the website yet. I haven't looked, um, but uh, I'm very excited about that. We're introducing a couple of new characters in there and, you know, people are going to get some, start getting some answers, you know, so we, we teased them with questions in the first two issues and, and left a lot of people. And now you're going to start getting to peel, peel back the layers and see some answers of what's going on. And I, I'm excited for people to see that. Uh, four, um, I'm doing some revising on that. Uh, you know, I've got 50 pages of story that I got to fit into 22 pages. So, you know, that's always uh, fun and interesting. Um, so that's going on. And then, yeah, um, I am writing the sequel to the long game. So long game takes place in New York city. Um, the second book is called a time for wrath. Um, and it is going to take place. It's another murder, but it takes place at West point in the Catholic chapel there. Um, and I'm excited to write that one because I went to West point. So, uh, I, I, I'm going back to my alma mater to write a murder slash supernatural mystery, you know, so it's going to be fun. Uh, so uh, I'm looking forward to that. And, and I think that's where a little bit of therapy comes in too, because I'm like, yeah, take that West Point murder, you know, so, you know, but uh, yeah, so I'm doing that. And then I'm, I've got my own comic book company as well. And so uh, I'm in the process, like right before we came on, um, I was looking at pages for uh, a new comic that's coming out called, phoenix throne uh for my blood world series uh for my company and we're getting that all all ready to go and um i am confident that we'll have that one out uh definitely before the end of the year we're hoping to get a second blood world title out uh this year as well so you know things are i'm busy things are going so right so talk to us a little bit about that you mentioned the the blood world series what is that about um blood world is a far future science fiction series um I wasn't going to let you second. skate away not mentioning Blood World. See, you got to do that now and then. <laughs> yeah, the, the the setting is uh, 2578, you know, the late 26th century. And um, basically humanity is scattered across our solar system. We haven't gotten out of our solar system yet, but uh, most humanity has left Earth because Earth has become a shattered wasteland of what it once was. And the only people left on Earth are the people who can't get off Earth, basically. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it's become mutated. Uh, most of the human beings that don't live in the, the crumbling cities, which are these spire cities that are, you know, hundreds of miles, well, not hundreds, not on Earth. They're, you know, 20, 30 miles tall. Um, most of the people that don't live in those cities are now mutated human beings and they wander the waste. And that's one of the titles we have coming up. It's called Fellhand. And Fellhand is about a mutated human who is adventuring across a waste of what he's going to find with his technology that's been left behind and everything. It's really like Thundar the Barbarian, but he's got three arms and red skin and, wow. you know, really cool. Uh, meanwhile, out in space, we've got Game of Thrones going on. And that's what Phoenix Throne is about, is that there are two main uh, empires out in space. One is called uh, S3, the Soul Scientific Symposium. And their whole thing is 
genetic engineering and proving the human being through uh, genetic engineering. And they are opposed by the Ganymede monarchy, the Phoenix throne, which is the Ganymede monarchy. And they're all about transhumanism. So they're about uh, integrating technology and man. And those two groups hate each other and they're at war with each other. And it's a, it's a war of ideas and philosophy and religion and politics and sex and a whole bunch of stuff going on. So it really is Game of Thrones and Dune, uh, but in our setting, which we call Blood World. And I call it Blood World because um, it's all about who has control of the bloodlines for humanity. You've got the mutants, you've got the genetic engineering, and you've got transhumanism and who's going to win out. So, mm. How long does it take you to write write a book actually writing a novel doesn't take that long i mean it, it takes longer than normal because there's a lot of moving pieces you have to put together but i think right. i could get a, an initial draft on in about six months wow um, it's the the editing which takes a long long time <laughs> a lots and lots of editing and revising um you know I, I can't say enough good things about editors um they catch things that you miss i'm horrible at punctuation for, you know, that goes without saying. So they catch that. But I mean, little things, you know, little things that uh, you would miss because it's obvious in your mind, but someone points out to you like, hey, didn't this person say this back in chapter two and now they're doing this? And like, you know, you're absolutely right, you know, and then you got to clean that up. So those kinds of things are huge because, you know, readers of a book will find those things automatically, whereas it's already, you know, been resolved in your head so you don't even right. see it a lot of the time so um i i would say total time it takes a year you know generally mm. to get to get a novel done i could probably do it faster if i was doing it full time um but i'm you know juggling a lot of things a lot of the time um in fact i know i could get it done faster uh it's just a lot of times i'd like to put it aside and do something else and then there are times when you run into those those roadblocks where you're stuck you know mm. um for any number of different reasons. Um, a comic a comic script for 22 pages, I could usually write in a couple days. So, oh, wow. uh, okay. Yeah, two, three days. Uh, you know, it depends. If I'm really struggling with uh, fitting stuff in, it could take me four or five a week, but usually it's a week at the most. Um, same thing with, uh, you know, uh, a short story, like a typical eight to 10,000 word short story, I could do it about a week, week and a half. Mm. Um, for some reasons, it just comes a lot faster to me than than a novel usually does. So. But then let me ask you this though: is like, what is your favorite book to read? Do you have a book that you that you you read more than once, or you always like to reread? Oh wow, yeah, a ton of them. <laughs> uh, I mean, there are a lot. I, I mean, I'm an avid reader of both mm -hmm. comics and and novels. But I'd say for novels. Um, I've read Shogun so many times that I've actually broken two books, the novel, you know, the backing on the books. Wow. Uh, I love to read that. I love to read Red Storm Rising by Tom Clancy. Uh, that's another one of my favorites. Uh, to go back to the cl to classics, uh, you know, every few years, I'd love to go back and reread The Iliad and the Odyssey. Um, I love uh, The Once a Future King by T.H. White, the Arthurian legend. Uh, Wow, uh, modern writers, the Rick Bearden books, uh, which is you know considered kids fiction, but I love all of his books. Um, so like Percy Jackson and the the Kane Chronicles, and he's got a number of different series I think are fantastic. Uh, 
horror writer Stephen King. Um, I'm not a big fan of like the traditional Stephen King stuff. I love more of the stuff like uh, uh, Cat's Eye. I love uh, the Christine, Salem's Lot, Pet Cemetery. You know, a lot of people like Dark Tower. It's not bad. It just wasn't my thing. Uh, I really like some of his, a lot of his earlier stuff. Um, so yeah, I love reading Poe, H.P. Lovecraft. I love reading that. So yeah, I, I just love to read, you know, right. I, I, when I get the chance, I, I've got tons of books. My wife is constantly going, do we need all these books? I'm like, yes, yes, we need all these books. So <laughs> that adage of like, in order to be a good writer, you need to be a good reader. Whether you know it or not, I think, um, you get a lot of your style in writing, I think, from what you take out of what you read. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times people have commented um, in my comics and in the, the, the novel that uh, I'm good at dialogue and especially um, back and forth snarky type dialogue sometimes. And the reason that is, is that another one of my favorite authors is Douglas Adams, you know, right. and no one, no one was better at the snarky dialogue between characters and just going with it and having it flow naturally than Douglas Adams, you know, right. I would say nobody. So, um, and I can't get enough. And it's not just his Hitchhiker series, the Dirk Gently stuff that he wrote, uh, you know, the Titanic, I forget what his, I'm blanking on the name, but he wrote one about Starship Titanic, great book, funny book. So yeah, all sorts of cool things that they, by the way, that they stole in Futurama, which was amazing. I was so <laughs> happy when they did that. So. So, so Nem, if people want to learn more about your work of with you know the long game and OPSEX, where is the best place they could go to? Go to anyoneworld.com or asapimagination.com and uh, look under the D.W. Howard collection and you'll see everything that I've got coming out or that is out under that. Um, I'm redoing my own personal website, so um, that will be coming out again soon. You know, it's just I've been so busy with writing projects and everything and so I haven't worked on my website in a while, but I do have an author site and a site for my company, which is Rain Cross Press, uh, that is going to be relaunching soon. So I'd say right now, the best place to find me and contact me is either through this or I would also say go to, to globalindiegroup.com. Um, and I am in there as well. So if you're looking for someone for writing or even video editing, because I do a lot of video editing as well. Um, I'm available to hire there as well. I, that is, that's kind of like my, my secret passion. You know, I go on there and do uh, video editing and I produce a lot of videos for a lot of different people and, and I like doing that. So um, it's, it's something I kind of taught myself because I had to, and then people saw what I was doing and, and I've gotten to enjoy it quite a bit. So, Well, excellent. You know what, Nam, once again, it's always great to check in with you and see all the, the, the amazing projects you've been working on. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And let me ramble on about my crazy ideas and crazy writing and everything. You know, that's amazing. Uh, <laughs> you get a writer talking about what they're working on and you could be here for the next two years. So, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, perfect. I'm excited to hear what's going on next time. Next time you come on, I'm sure you're going to have even more things to talk about. So that's amazing. Yeah, I'm pretty confident that uh, book two in the series will come out and it's planned to be a seven book series for this this current novels, uh, book of novels. And then uh, by this time next year, I am confident that we will have issue four of OPSEC out and we might even be getting the, the trade collection of OPSEC out. So 
Well, thank you so much, Nim. you glimpse the mind of a god you go insane because you can't you know fathom the thing right. and stuff like that yeah so yeah exactly all right let me do the intro i'm gonna edit this part out okay. anyway it's fine <laughs> no problem <laughs> all right here right. we go Nim. uh it's just two that. people discussing cool stuff so exactly <laughs>